And we're back. Welcome to No Direction Beyond, your source for Starfinders news, reviews, and interviews. I'm Alexander Agunas, No Direction's Everyman Gamer, and I'm joined, as always, by the most intrepid Starfinders this side of the galaxy. Hi, my name is James, and I used to write Code Switch. Hi, my name's Dustin, and I write Fox's Cunning. And now that we're here, we're back. Uh, we have a drought has been hitting us for a very long time here in the Starfinder corner of space. Uh, we have had like no new product announcements for like literally a year and PaizoCon didn't deliver, but someone must have prayed extra hard at the week leading up to Gen Con because uh, the rains have fallen and the new products are here for us to talk about, finally. Yay. Very, Yay. Yeah, and as all of you know, it's very hard to do a, a, a news show without news to talk about. So uh, we're going to definitely do some of that there news today. So we have a lot of cool products that were announced at Gen Con. Obviously, some of them were for Pathfinder 2nd Edition. And if you want to hear about those, uh, No Direction did a great breakdown uh, if with uh, all of the Pathfinder news, but we're not going to be talking about it here. Uh, Vanessa and an extremely charming, handsome uh, guest host uh, did the entire breakdown. So make sure you go check out that episode if you want to hear about Pathfinder. Today, we only talk about the future. Oh! <gasps> So we have a lot of cool stuff to talk about it. And I'm going to turn it over to my co-host, Dustin. Dustin, tell me, what do you want to start with? What should we talk about? Oh, man, what should we talk about? Well, uh, the first thing that I Pick noticed one. got the most hype all over uh, Discord and all the other communities I'm in was actually uh, Ports of Call. Yes, if, Ports uh, of Call. It It's going to be, uh, I believe, May 2023, right? Is the, the official announced date so far? Uh, that sounds about right to me. I really like that date because typically there is not a new book that releases at PaizoCon and that will release at PaizoCon. Pretty cool. I like that. Uh, which means Starfinder book gets the, uh, the, the golden carpet as it like comes down. It's like, Oh, look at me and the Starfinder book. <laughs> so uh, Ports of Call is going to be a book that is very similar to Drift Crisis in that it is a Starfinder hardcover length book about 256 pages. And it is going to have content that is all about, uh, a one specific region right it's this port called it's like ports in the uh in the pack worlds uh correct we don't know a whole lot about it from what i've seen uh so far but we do know the most important bit of information of all and that's one of the ports yes has something that uh <laughs> i'm very excited about galarian world james when you hear galarian world what do you think of uh, I think it's like naming a place Earth Earth. It's a little bit weird, but I get it. <laughs> Earth planet. Let's do it. <laughs> Dirt world. Let's do it. Um, so the idea is, is that uh, Galarian world, essentially someone was like, wow, you know, uh, we have this entire planet missing, like and, and our entire population uh, of humans on this little spaceship that goes around the, the sun is very much uh, kind of stranded and without a home. So, uh, you know, obviously, because the Pack Worlds is a wonderful paradise that would never think to capitalize on the shared trauma and suffering of an entire species. Uh, of course, they would never do something so insensitive like opening a, an entire theme park based around what is left of their culture, right? That's right. not something that we would do. Of course not. That would be totally I, I feel like that's a, wrong. I think that we do like now. Like, what's Colonial Williamsburg? 
Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, fair. Oh, okay. Fair. <laughs> so, uh, essentially, like from what we've seen of the art, we're going to get a look at a place called Galarian World in Ports of Call, which is essentially an amusement park themed around Lost Galarian. And honestly, I I think that now I don't want to speak for Dustin or James. You guys can tell me if you agree. I think this is something that Starfinder has needed for a very long time in terms of its world building. Yeah, I think yeah. there's uh, a lot of ideas of what is in a like port. I keep saying port, but there's more than just a port in a port. Mm -hmm. um, but you go, oh, you go to this planet, this is the planet's port, and it's a port, and it's you just copy something from Absalom Station. Mm -hmm. So g giving some more variety helps build out what you'd expect to see in different set in like mm -hmm. different sectors, different planets. Um, mm -hmm. So definitely definitely helps with world building, and I'm sure there's be, there'll be player options linked to those things too, as there always yeah. tends to be. Yeah, yeah, I. I have a feeling it's going to look like Drift Crisis. Um, we also know that Ports of Call okay. features 20 different ports. Uh, we also know that, like, from one of the pieces of art, there was actually an art of some, like, poor cast member uh, dressed up like Abigail Throne and, like, running around and being, like, like essentially Disney World but, like, <laughs> your Throne, <laughs> which is kind of great. I... I kind of want to know, like, what the Hellenites think about it, because the Hellenites still exist in Starfinder. Like, do they see this as an appropriation of their way of life, or are the <laughs> Hellenites secretly profiting off of it and trying to spread pro-Hellenite propaganda using Abigail Thrun? I, I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. Right. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would be good to get any any sort of old world, new world influence. Like, what do what does Aslant do? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the first time I, I saw this, um, I, I wasn't watching the panel. Uh, I couldn't at that moment, but somebody sent me this picture uh, of this Konrasu, and I didn't see the Starfinder logo on the panel, and I thought for a minute that, like, it, we were getting maybe, like, a high-tech guide for uh, Pathfinder because I saw the technology on this guy. And then when I heard it was Galarian World, I'm like, oh, man, that's, that's awesome. Uh, and I am glad to see that there's going to be some even some Tui influences in this as well, like the Kamasu. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that's going to be very exciting. It, uh, and honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if the bestiary includes some like fan favorite Galarian species mm. that haven't been updated to Starfinder yet, because mm -hmm. there are a ton. And I mean, that's not even including the five that were only released in a trading card game deck. All right. <laughs> Calling it a trading card game is a little bit uh, much because that implies the cards are meant to be swapped. But... <laughs> <laughs> I will trade you all my cards for your extra Kitsune cards if you're watching this. Come on, let's do this. I, I have no extra Kitsune. But I, I will point you at Archives of Nethys and say you can go read it there. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to see Kanrasu and some other stuff brought into Starfinder. I feel like that would be really interesting because like, in some ways it's almost like a backwards port because you're talking about taking something that uses Paizo's shiny 2e mechanics and it's like but what if we did that in the 3.5 system via starfinder like i i'm very curious i kind of want to see that so fingers crossed uh that that art is a clue that we will get a Konrasu as like a species in the book kind of like how drift worlds had a whole bunch of like monsters and stuff yeah hopefully uh, like also more like fantasy like griffins and stuff like that like just your standard like unicorn well i there's unicorn stat blocks but yeah. you know other unicorns and not that one right right so what uh other news uh what other new releases or or uh news from gen con uh did you find interesting alex 
Well, I think that uh, for one, uh, I don't. I know this isn't new because we knew about Starfinder Adventures uh, Drift Crisis cases was going to happen. Uh, we've known about it for a while, and essentially, it's an anthology series where you have three tangently related but ultimately separate adventures in one little book. Uh, kind of like uh, in Pathfinder First Edition, they had things like. Uh, Gosh, what was the name of the one we really liked, James? The one where you went to the town in Isger. Oh. And the really good one. Remember, I played my Venara Gunslinger, and I was just a menace the entire time? Yeah, yeah, and I played that really cursed Hydrokineticist, yeah. Oh, no, Grandma was so good. Yeah, I was cursed. That was cursed. <laughs> there's, there's, It's an adventure in that vein, where it's like three small adventures that are kind of connected, but they can be played separately. And I, honestly, I think Starfinders really needed content like this personally. And the art that we were we have been shown for it is really good. Uh, Dustin, why don't you put some of the art up on the screen here? Uh, we've seen, like, it just has a whole bunch of different species. Put the cover on first, because I am going to blow the pun wide open, because I realized it during our pre-show our pre chat, that <laughs> literally the cover features a detective who is a bull man and doing, like, <laughs> detective stuff. And the bull people in Starfinder, their races are called the Noirs, so it's literally a Noir detective. Uh, as I didn't a, realize that. That's great. <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. The, the the pun game is fantastic. Like and oh, I I love it. Like I I don't know who commissioned this cover, but I'm assuming it's either uh, Jenny Jabersky or Jason Keeley. Uh, and both of those are like people who with who adore puns. And whichever one of you did it, or whoever whatever developer actually did it, and I'm wrong, and it's not one of the two of them. Thank you. That pun was needed. I needed that pun right here. Not, not 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 on this bone, but like underneath it in my heart. <laughs> oh no, it's uh Cripwalker 76, that's a hard pun. I I I I object. I think that pun is so bad that it slams into the crust of Pundum and burrows through like a meteor straight to the core of the planet of Pundum and explodes the planet. And now there's no metric by which to judge this pun, making it the only thing that there is. There is no other alternative. This is the pun of puns, like it or not. It gets better. He's hacking into an eye. Yes. So it's a private eye. Yes, I know. Oh. It's so good. It's so good. It literally, the more you look at that cover, you're just like, <laughs> the jokes. The jokes are so fantastic. Uh, and I like how Doom Guy is apparently just randomly <laughs> in this. <laughs> you're um, right. That, that, that blind guy's not Doom Guy. That's He's Duke Nukem. <laughs> oh, you're right. It is Duke Nukem. Right. That's how, what I meant. God, that, how do you not know Duke Nukem? God, I'm, I'm sorry. I am an uncultured <laughs> swine when it comes to shooting video games. You're right. It is Duke Nukem. <laughs> um, uh, just for those of you listening, there's this guy who looks like a secret agent pressed up against the door, and he's got like the Duke Nukem buzz cut haircut, and he's wearing like shades, and he's got the same boxy face. It's so yeah, good. He's got, got the flat top and everything. Yeah. It's so good. I just, I want to point out that, like, there will never be a cover for any book that is as good as this cover. I'm sorry, all Pathfinder and Starfinder developers, y'all have peaked. It's this cover. <laughs> I mean, it's good. But, I mean, one of the other listings we have here also just has a really great cover. Oh, which one? Which one do you want to talk about? That was a beautiful transition. I'm very proud of you, James. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, the Scoured Stars, uh, Scars. Oh, my Scars God. Hardcover Compendium. It's so good. The, that one looks like someone was like, you know what? I want a space opera anime. And I'm going to go, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
Din, Jin, Yu, Jin, Yu. World's in danger. Let's go fight them. I'm so excited for this book. This book is like great. It, it, it does remind me of just like a, what is that, a Civil War uh, meme? Yeah. I don't watch Marvel movies, but it reminds me of one of those memes. Uh, <laughs> Captain America versus evil fascist lobster Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, all the dead sun or the scoured star scenarios from the first two seasons of Starfinder Society uh, are getting a compendium into their own hardcover adventure path. Um, mm. And that, I mean, I'm excited about that because one of the hardest parts about those scenarios is they A, they were great, and B, they came out of level order. <laughs> So mm, yeah. you, the character that you played the first scenario with uh, couldn't play later lower level scenarios. So you could never have somebody, a single character, meet all the uh, twists and turns as it goes. And by putting it back into a compendium and giving you some in-between filler, uh, it should be super exciting and fun. The final fight of it is really climactic and good. Um, it, it's, it's the reason why I really enjoy Starfinder Society. It's a really mm. satisfying arc. So, it's so good yeah no it's it's so good and i think what what's really nice too is like season two is definitely like a continuation of the society's story but like season one was very self-contained like you know i feel like you don't need to really play season two to appreciate how good season one was so if you want to take a, a, a bunch of scrappy pathfinders and bring them straight on through this adventure like go for it and honestly i'm i'm gonna say something that uh, may be controversial to some, but I know won't be controversial to James. Um, Pathfinder in general has, or Paizo's uh, writing in general has really struggled to make like long form uh, society-based adventures feel really rewarding. I'm talking specifically about Shattered Star um, yeah. and like yeah. taking this content and this fantastic storyline and just putting it in an adventure path and pushing it out the door uh, and saying, hey, fam, read and enjoy this. Like, I'm I'm wondering, like, how many people are going to read this book and realize, like, oh, oh, society actually has some, like, really good stories. Maybe I want to try this. Like, yeah, I, right? Yeah. Like, I, this could, like, honestly be a great thing in general for getting people interested in trying their content. Because I, I've, I've at least met a couple fans who are like, oh, but I have a gaming group. Why would I play society? And it's like, the reason, the reason is the lore. Right. The lore <laughs> is really good. Right. Yeah, and so, it, it's, it's like serialization. <clears throat> it's, like, it's like keeping up with a new TV show like that mm -hmm. you all are watching and playing together. Like that's mm -hmm. the fun of it. So now let me ask you, uh, you, could, you could answer with any content from any of Paizo's three games, but... Uh, if this is a new thing that they're willing to do and they're willing to make adventure compilations of society story arcs, which story arc should be next? I almost want to see a Rise of the Rune Lords that takes all three Rune Lords books and then ditches a lot of the filler to make it a 1 to 20. Okay. Well, I feel like Return of the Rune Lords really plays with the idea that there were two adventuring groups before you is like a plot point. Yeah, I guess. So like I'm gonna say I don't I don't agree with that one, <laughs> but you're valid anyway. What do you think, James? I have two answers. One is one wouldn't be a whole adventure path, but it'd be a module series. Yeah, and that'd be the Gabrani uh, oh. uh, trilogy in the Starfinder. Oh, that's a really good call. Yeah, um, that one's and, really good. Yeah, uh, it, it it can end up the first one that can really set the tone for the rest of your adventures. Yeah, <laughs> throughout that uh that whole area. 
Um, the second one would be, and this one's a bit harder to do because you do have to fill in some gaps, but uh, the Grandmaster Torch storyline. Uh, oh, the original, uh, oh yeah, Society. that'd be good. That's a, that's a really good, good one yeah. too. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that one was that one would basically be like uh, like Vinland Saga sort of. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I think what would make that one so hard is like you would have to basically build in like a ton of downtime because hmm. like that storyline starts in like season two of mm -hmm. Pathfinder Society and literally the final first edition scenario wraps up and resolves that story. But it could yeah. be so good. Yeah. Like, wow. There are whole seasons um, where you hear nothing about Grandmaster Torch. I mean, when yeah. I started, yeah. he was like a legend to me because there's like no, no scenarios that had him featured in it for like season yeah. five or six which was i came in around season five like end of yeah four, end of five. yeah because they brought him back in like six or seven when they started doing the scarab sages stuff yeah do you remember like we did um we did uh the two-parter where you you crown one of the, the new sages or the oh. three-parter the really awesome one that ends with mythic powers the one where that guy was running from us and oh, i had the power let me throw sense. yeah where i could throw the daggers like a mile and he couldn't do anything about it um, <laughs> oh sucks <laughs> um, uh, but yeah so uh like that one ends with like I, I don't think it's that one but like it eventually is revealed that like grandmaster torch gets one of the scarabs so like like man you could really do like like you just cherry pick the right scenarios and the right things you could really build a good story like it doesn't have to be all grandmaster torch but like you're kind of like following his trail and finding i think that's a good one yeah i would end up with like saddle lodge connections as well my pick, if I had to pick, would be the Datch scenarios of season two. Oh, yeah. I feel like. <laughs> I, okay. I make your players hate you as a GM. Okay. If you can just right, stop I... rumbling, this rat that keeps one upping me. <laughs> Listen, though, like, I don't think any Paizo adventure has managed to successfully do a long term villain where you know who the villain is the entire time and don't just get to juice them. <laughs> like right away like because usually it's like here's my villain look at my villain and just oh oh they just they just killed that villain gone. <laughs> oh they are strong <laughs> yeah so i think that datch is probably one of the strongest like season villains that any society system has ever had just because they put her in your face and you couldn't do anything about it you're like no get this rat la <laughs> stop making me look stupid i'm a cool person i have the power to blow up sets yeah i i i do you see my chronicle sheets i went to the a, a star system and harnessed a super weapon and she's like throwing her apple at you and explodes <laughs> <laughs> it's so good yeah i i think that that would be really good and this book sort of like opens up those doors now i've seen some like mumblings on the like reddits and like whatnot saying that there may have been a soft hint or maybe even a hard confirm that there is going to be player content in this book oh, oh i, I wouldn't cool. be surprised yeah, there i mean th there are some st like, there was some equipment that was i don't want to say debuted in some of those adventure paths or not about yeah. that, those, those scenarios, but there was stuff that was unique to them. So mm -hmm. would it yeah. surprise me if it was pulled from there? And then they added some of the stuff later in in later books. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So fingers crossed. Yeah. I know one thing that I've seen that there are people that are clamoring for is apparently like almost all of the species, the, the major like populated species in the Scoured Star systems have playable statistics, except for like one of them now. And so I know some people are hoping that that'll get like filled out and finished, but we'll see what ends up happening. Oh yeah, wait. Aren't are Easel goes part of that? Jeez, I forget who's in that system now. 
Uh, Easel goons are in the Scoured Stars system. They got printed in book three, I think. Maybe even two. They were there. Oh, yeah. They were pretty early. They're great. Stretchy Gombi Centaur. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> <Gombi Centaur. laughs> um, so uh yeah, like I think that like is like that in Port of Calls, those are the calls, those are the two really big ones that everybody's talking about. But there are other products that got announced too that we can discuss. Uh I one that I'm really excited of is uh we can talk about the deck of endless NPCs. For those of you who don't know. Uh, it, it is described as working similar to the face cards that Pathfinder 2nd Edition just recently got. The, the Pathfinder deck of endless NPCs. I'm sorry. I'm sure that marketing is going to hate me. And I'm sorry if you, yeah, that one right there that Dustin is showing on the screen. Uh, I'm sorry that if marketing for Paizo hates me, but I will never not say that you missed an opportunity to call it the deck of many faces. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry. It's the deck of many faces. It's right there. It's right there. <clears throat> it, it was the low hanging fruit and we would have loved you for it, but that's okay. This content looks really good. Uh, I got to watch Dustin do a stream on Infinites or where he put the deck out and like built a bunch of weird wacky characters. And unlike that deck, which is like mostly just the core races, you get like triple copies and then a bunch of other things. This deck apparently has cards for like every, not every species, but like a lot of them, like, a ton of them like the the art that we've seen so far which i believe dustin is flashing up on the screen right now all shows uh several different ones there's a gabrani on there there is a kizar there's a patra there is a Dralik. uh there is a guy with a triangle shaped head and i don't know what that is i'm sorry and then obviously the man the myth the legend maybe a woman i'm not sure but it's a bantrid it's there on the cover Darwin. 110 cards yeah and if there's any like system that could get a sequel to this very quickly it's starfinder starfinder has over 120 playable species now like there's a lot yeah yeah, yeah. it's a shame one of the men of the dromedaries but you know i'll get over it yeah <laughs> Uh, so uh, I'm excited for this. Uh, I hope that when it comes out, maybe uh, our good friends at Paizo will like send us a copy or three and like we'll play with the deck on screen and be like, hey, yeah, uh, we have many faces and we have three of them. So we have like three times infinity faces here. <laughs> I, I, I do wonder what is the easiest, dumbest stat block you can make for a Starfinder NPC? Like if you just needed something that you're like, well, I'm going to make this NPC and my players are dumb. They're probably just going to kill this man. Uh, how do I give him rules? Like, what? Like, have you ever bought, either played Numenera? Yeah, yeah. Numenera stat blocks for NPCs were like four sentences. Huh. I love and, it. Yeah, it was. It's amazing. Uh, as a GM, that system is great. As a player, that system is great. Cause it's it's, uh, it's it's dumb, and it knows it's dumb, and it doesn't try not to be dumb. Um, <laughs> but just like you're probably not going to get too much like long term unless you plan it out with these. And if you're just using these real quick, like, what's mm -hmm. the quickest? sloppiest way that you could get a character like not even referencing any charts just like this hmm this this is now more a thought exercise it's just what what can you slide in that like behind that deck just to go these people are this level this is roughly what they're going to kill mm-hmm mm -hmm. ac kac random skill bonuses yeah I, I, yeah just just like hit points ac at that point just roll dice and be like i don't know the soldier rolled a 10 he should hit yeah, plus, just, plus 10, 1d4, plus well, something. Even the Alien Archive has, like, a lot of, like, things that count as special abilities, but they're, like, bonus hit points, better <laughs> attack, 
better damage and it's like okay i, I mean like I, i'm sure you could do it like it wouldn't be hard but we all know that the real thing you want to do is you want to slap solar attunement on that baby and be like i'm now a solarian what are, do you doubt that i as the gm could not find a solarian chicken for you to fight i found one please stellar bar oh no <laughs> it's a chicken mcfife instead of a chicken it's, nugget it's... <laughs> it's so good yeah, that's, um, that's the opposite direction that I'm going towards. Not like this is memorable. It's like, oh god, I need somebody for them to talk to and potentially kill. Well, so but here's I want here's, five minutes on this, Max. Here's the problem. I've taken your concept and I've minimized it so much by transforming it into a Solarian chicken that I bounced off of the, the surface and like made it into the most memorable character ever. Because that's how player minds work. You know what I mean? Like you you try to make things not important and they get attached to it. Yeah. Chicken McBuff. Yeah. Yes. So um, we also, rolling back to the new product announcements, we also know, of course, that Dead Sons is getting a hardcover compilation. And we received some murmurings that like the Dead Sons compilation might not be the last one, which I think would be very exciting. Uh, I personally think that uh, there's a very good chance that this is going to be the best way forward for Paizo games in general, because like having the, the monthly issues is fun, but uh, anybody who's ever been to PaizoCon or GenCon can tell you that if you go into like their little archive of floppy books to buy new books in, they always have a ton of books five and six, a moderate number of books three and four, and usually zero copies of one and two, and they can't reprint them because you can't reprint a one and two <laughs> because then you'd be expected to print the reprint the other ones. And if you reprint the other ones, they're not going to sell or they sell much slower. So like making the people who are buying book one also buy book six, that that's the play, play yeah, of the game right there. You, you could still dole it out into those parts if you wanted to do those digitally. Right. And uh, they do have some print on demand of some really harder to find books popping up on Pathfinder and Starfinder Infinite, but the mm -hmm. printing quality is not quite the same. And when you have them all on a shelf together, it's, it's mm -hmm. noticeable. Definitely. I agree completely. Um, now, we also know that uh, at Gen Con this year, uh, the new Starfinder Society season began, a year of Redemption's Rise. We actually had Jessica Catalan and Linda Zayas Palmer on, gosh, was it like three months ago now? Like, it feels like it was three months ago. Yeah, um, it was three months, yeah. Yeah, we had them on to discuss and they gave us like a special feature where we talk a lot about it. Uh, so all of those scenarios are live now. Uh, if the idea of playing the Scoured Stars uh, excites you and you want to see more modern plots, go play uh, Your Redemption's Rise. The Starfinder Society has done some real bad stuff, uh, or at least specific members of the Starfinder Society has, and now they need to convince the, the, the galaxy that they aren't actually just a paramilitary organization. Very sad, but very happy too. Uh, we had, th uh, I think, four new scenarios uh, opened, right? It was four? Yeah, well, I know we have one three on screen right now. Uh... Yeah. We have Year of Redemption's Rise. It's the opening by Alex Spadell. And then Jason Keeley wrote the first test. And then we have Four of the Factions by Kate Baker. So that's already an all-star lineup. Like that, if you're a Starfinder fan and you pay attention to names, you probably know all three of those. And like, that's how you start a new season. You put the, the heavy hit hitters and you... You, know, you punch down all the people and be like, yeah, players, you play this game. I punched you down. What are you going to do about it? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Um, uh, but like, good. Oh, I was going to say, we also have Road to Recon Re Reconciliation by Shay Snow. 
and oh. Fugue of this Traitor by Allison Saibi. And nice. Fragment of the Fourth by Isis Woskanowski. Uh, nice. Sorry if I mispronounced that name. And Boom Block Gambit by Lizely Cap. Gosh, that, see, the name Boom Block Gambit makes me want to play that. I can just imagine <laughs> like there being something called the Boom Block and James going, yo, yo, but have you got the boom? You got the boom. Did you bring boom the boom? Block? Right. Did you bring the see right there? It, the, the 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 shenanigans at our table write themselves. <laughs> All you have to do is imagine James say you give a silly word to James and then just let the magic happen. Just let it run yeah, in the ground. I, I was looking, sorry, just briefly. Go ahead. Yeah. I, no. I, I feel like season three is just is just something where it happens. I don't know what it is of Pathfinder Society Second Edition. Uh, but in the first edition of Starfinder, in season three, there's in service to lore, which is it sounds like it's a lot like what the content of um in service to factions would be. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and well, it, I think I, I think they wanted to use the new one to introduce the minor factions because like uh, Manyfold Host and the other ones have been in the game before as like boons, but they've never like had center stage. Yeah, mm. uh, this is the second scenario in season three, while the other one was ah, season, the, the Starfinder mm. Society one season or is three. But it's just—it's like season three is always the hey, let's catch everybody up on. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe you should know who these people are. Yeah, mm. maybe, maybe you should. Uh, also, uh, I haven't read that scenario yet, but I request one strawberry machine cake, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's really fun about Boomblock Gambit is it takes place in the uh, adamantine Bastille, the. Uh, prison run by the starfinder society that's being closed down gradually and uh, the author also released a pathfinder infinite product called the adamantine bastille which is a supplement for the starfinder society product that includes a bunch of handouts and extra information etc etc 40 pages of extra information about this uh, location i'd like to rewind that though why does the starfinder society have a prison that's why Uh... they're closing it (laughs) i mean you need it Uh, you you see the bad people you fight when you're a starfinder you think regular jail can hold them? You think you could just give Magneto to the regular cops? I mean, they <laughs> gave them they gave Magneto to the special forces in in X-Men 2 and he literally had Mystique drug a guard with extra like iron and then Magneto ripped all the iron out of the man's body and he broke out using the man's blood. Like this is a PG this is a PG-13 X-Men movie by the way. That movie's intense. <laughs> exactly. That's why the Starfinder Society needs a prison. <laughs> I I'm gonna go ahead and say they don't. I feel like that should be the government, and if the Starfinder Society can't handle them, like the sun is right there. Man, you sound like somebody who needs to be put in prison for a while. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> You're sounding awfully unprisonable right now. <laughs> Meep. So uh before I get sentenced to prison for uh the crime of criticizing unjust uh, imprisonments, uh let's 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 take a look at the new Gale Force 9 and Paizo collaboration product that was announced called Pirates of Skydock. Yeah. Yeah, let's put that on screen and take a look at it. Alright, so Pirates of Skydock is a heist game. It's a board game, uh, for I wanna say two to four players. Uh it takes about an hour. A little, maybe a little bit more than an hour to complete. Um, mm-hmm. It's a collaborative heist game. So you get a team together, you try to steal something, and then you try to get out of it. Yeah. 
I'm glad that you looked it up because I had no idea what that was. That box doesn't tell me anything about what the game is other than there will be an explosion. And if there's not enough explosions, then this product is going to make me sad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a like deck kind of game uh, mm. where you use mm. cards to determine what happens next. Uh, I'm not sure of all the rules, uh, but um, I was able to find some more images of it. And it looks, looks fun. It looks mm -hmm. like something you could burn an hour doing between other, uh, like other tables firing or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. Low stakes, kind of like an extended chase scene if it was a yeah game. Yeah, but that's that that sounds demeaning because people don't like chase scenes. But a lot of board games are basically chase scenes with extra rules. Fair, and they're fun. Fair. Uh huh. I uh, you know I'm I'm excited. I think that this is a good lineup of products. Uh, there's a lot of interesting things here. Obviously, they also talked about pretty much every product that we reviewed in our PaizoCon episode two episodes ago. So if you want to hear more about things like Redshift Rally or uh, to deny the dragon is what it's called, right? Yeah. Defy the dragon. Defy to the defy dragon. the dragon. Uh, to defy the dragon or uh, drift hackers or drift crashers. You can check out that episode because uh, they really didn't tell us a whole lot of stuff that's new about it. Just kind of like, hey, remember, we've got these other products coming. Uh, also coming is Instellar Species, Interstellar Species, which is on November, uh, I, whatever it comes out in November, uh, where we get 25 deep dives on specific player species, which will be fun. It also has the evolutionist class. So if you've ever not wanted to be you anymore and you've wanted to ascend your feeble mortal coil, the evolutionist is probably for you. God, I hope it's not the shifter. I, I did you look at the playtest doc? Uh, I didn't get to look over it as much as I would have liked. Hmm. So in in Leo's um, in Leo's Fly Free or Paizo game that we're playing, we're we're technically playing, but like we've had a lot of things go on last month. But in that game, Vanessa is actually playing the evolutionist class. Um, it is not the shifter. Uh, it oh. is not the shifter at all, uh, yeah. which is good. Uh, uh, she is playing. <laughs> yes. She's basically playing a uh, the cybernetic option where like your body parts change into different types of weapons. And so her arm opens up into like a cannon. It's really cool. Yeah, um, it feels a lot like an expanded like those uh, corruptions from horror adventures. It adventures does. Of, yeah, it, but a whole class. It's yeah, or it's kind of like what I said in the Pathfinder episode that I was in last week with Vanessa. Spoiler alert. Uh, it kind of feels like deviant feats, deviant mm. ability feats, yeah. but like mm. as a class. So like, I think it looks very cool. Uh, I think it's going to be a well-liked class, especially after we had John Compton on that one time. And he yeah. just spent, he just spent 45 minutes making James and my eyes go starry. Like, yeah. Ah. yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, it was, I mean, it, there was a lot of fun things and fun concepts. Uh, it's just whatever, you know, I hear about changing yourself. I immediately just go back to the shifter and, yeah all the hours i spent going yeah this would work and then immediately dropping it because something else would do it better yeah yeah that's fair i mean hey level three and four the shifter is really good oh great great <laughs> tiger shifter no. level three mm. I, I, I mean paper clothes are great until you get out from under your porch <laughs> i just want to point out that i don't know why you're talking about tigers because everybody knows that the shifter only has one form and it's ooze form oh man oh man the best four level prestige class ever oh my god <laughs> I, I i think we had somebody almost play that in an adventure path and we we had to sit them down and put them on a board and said you can't see anything you don't know where anything is you can't communicate are you having fun helen keller <laughs> oh no oh, no <laughs> 
And they're like, oh man, this game would be hard if I was like this. Oh. <laughs> this game would be hard if I was just an ooze. Mm, yeah, we had a group of five of them in uh, Savannah called the Goo Claw. Um, it was really fun. We were all multi-class. Uh, Kitsune yeah, you, you, right you are. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, and this is just a transition into one more. Well, I could save that for shout outs later, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> really don't. <laughs> burying the lead i see i don't know this is this is scary uh so yeah we uh we have all that good stuff um that's coming out and uh for so for the two of you what would you say that is the thing you're most excited about uh, based on what we've talked about today um all right oh i kind of can i i have kind of like three things is it okay for three things that's, yeah really that's dumb. fine isn't okay. that like over half of them the things we talked about today yeah Listen, I, I like what I like. The Skyward Star Compendium is very is a very good way to get that uh, information and playable uh, scenarios in a way that you can actually do it online with one character, which is really fun. Um, Pirates of Sky Dock. Uh, I like doing Pathfinder adjacent things with my wife. My wife is not a role playing game player. She mm -hmm. is terrible at them. I that's fine. I don't need her to do that. But a, a board game with that's roughly an hour link. That's something I can get her to buy into. Um, also, the third thing is that uh, I just realized there's a typo on the page for Pirates of Sky Dock. It misspelled recognized, and that's hilarious to me. <laughs> so I want to see that go to release with that typo. Uh, Lava being asked anything announced for the accessories line. That's like the flip mats and stuff, right? Uh, deck of endless NPCs? Yeah, the deck yeah of that's the only one I've heard of. Like, I, I heard at Gen Con that Paizo is discontinuing the pawns line completely. So like, and yeah. I think that was their their major accessory that they were doing because WizKids handles all of the uh, little plastic dudes. So uh, honestly, like flip mats keep coming, but flip mats usually don't get a spotlight. They just kind of happen and they show up on your doorstep and you go, woo, a flip mat, hooray, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I would say it's the deck of endless NPCs is the major new uh, accessories line expansion. But aside from that, everything is focused on either their adventures or their uh, new hard covers, which are really exciting. Uh, but speaking of things that are exciting, Dustin, your turn. You have oh, to say yeah, which one I'm excited, excited about, about the deck of endless NPCs, uh, not just for all the other reasons mentioned, uh, including and up to new art, potential new art for species that don't have enough art, but also um, I'm curious how compatible it is with the existing Pathfinder one and if I can mix and match them uh, possibly in a considerably more open-ended, sillier game, but uh, it would be really fun to see how many of these could be used uh, with the Pathfinder deck or vice versa. Probably mm -hmm. more vice versa, especially if you went to Galarian World. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, I would say Ports of Call is probably the thing that I am the most excited about with uh, Scoured Stars as a close second. Uh, the reason I'm very excited about Ports of Call is that one thing we haven't said on the show before this point, but it was announced in a later stream, like not the keynotes address, but like uh, one of the deep dives, that Ports of Call is actually going to have within it a, uh, a two-page wide map of like that you can remove from the book, sort of like the Absalom map in the uh, uh, Absalom book, mm -hmm. but it's going to have a two-page map that is going to show a map of the entire Starfinder galaxy, including 20 systems. Wow. wow apparently this is true cross your fingers because if it's wrong i blame eric mona it's his fault don't come after me he's the publisher <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great that's great yeah 
So obviously, like, that's something that we've needed for a very long time. Like, what does the galaxy look like? I would love to know what the name of the black hole in the center of the Starfinder galaxy is, because if it functions using any type of physics that are remotely similar to ours, there should be a supermassive black hole in the middle that everything spins around. And it should have a name. And I'm really hoping that someone named it after the Devourer. Right, and like, right. And that's just what it is. Of course. Like, that'd be, that'd be great. Just, there you go. Yeah. Freebie. Go ahead and edit all those maps that you've already printed. I just realized, I didn't think, I, I thought about, like, supermassive black holes being named. And they do get named, but they're really boring names. Yeah. That's why we need a really good name. Like this is a fantasy game and we can break the real world tradition of just giving black homes like letters and numbers. And we can say that is our she blows the devourer <laughs> of all lost souls. Tread near her only if you dare. And that's actually what her name is. It's like a paragraph of text. We can... There you go. <laughs> so I love it. What, what types of references would you like to see on a Galarian world? We already know that Abigail Thrun is apparently a Disney princess, but a Disney villain, like Cruella DeVille or the evil Wicked Queen. Like, what would you look for? I want Drendel Drang, but I'm not going to get Drendel Drang. Oh my god! Drendel Drang's head they, in a jar? Oh my gosh, what <laughs> if they make Lucas's silly art canon, they put Drendel Drang's head in a jar? Oh, oh just like Justin said. So good. I want it. Um, I want... See, I'm thinking that there needs to be something Galarian world related that's marketable. So I'm thinking they do, uh, like, a version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but they're sewer dragons from Absalom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also am a very big fan of the idea that, like, you know how, like, in the real world where we have de deities that, like, from ancient religions where, like, we'll use them in stories like uh, Rick Riotine's, uh Percy Jackson series? I love the idea that, like, maybe there's some, like, adaptation of, like, Galarian gods that aren't really worshipped anymore. And they, they made a Percy Jackson of it. And those gods are like, I still exist. I'm right here. <laughs> Percy Jackson and the Imperium Lords. Yeah, right? Percy <laughs> Jackson and the Imperian Lords. You could have, like, instead of being Poseidon, Percy Jackson is like a child of Gazra. Because, like, Gazra is directly related to Galarian's weather. So if any deity was going to vanish with Galarian, it would be Gazra, in my yeah. opinion. So, like, I would love that. Uh, I, I just, I, what, what I, what I want is like, I obviously want to see like creative stuff that uses their IP, but I also want to see creative stuff that uses their IP to make jokes out of real world things. Right. Like, if, <laughs> like, like, you know what I want? You know what I really want? You know how, like, in Disney World, the entire park in the Magic Kingdom is centered around the Disney Castle? Do that, but the Starstone Cathedral. Yeah. Wow. I like yeah. that a lot. It's um, so good. It's easy. You can do it. So good. Uh, I'm hoping we get some uh, some anachronisms, some some things that are just we know out of character are wrong. Like in uh, the first AP, there was the Mask of the Mantis, and they said that like some Starfinders think maybe there's a connection between this weird assassin cult and the Sheeran because it looks a lot like a Sheeran. Like if there was some Red Mantis Sheeran walking around going like we don't really know what our deity is about, but we're gonna make it up as we go along, um, that would be great. Yeah, no, I, I would, I would love that, and especially like 
because like anything could have happened during the gap like those gods could have literally died they could have got sealed away like who knows they could just not be accepting worshipers and not care like and so now you have like all these sheeran that are like is this our legacy are we are we from galarian like no no that's a praying <laughs> mantis we're more like uh we're more like a, a, a cicada like i think what's a cicada i don't know <laughs> or, or, or like ungabunga elves yeah <laughs> we live so far in the past they're just like Man versus a SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> or, like technology only night, only nature. And, and that's when you you have to do an adventure where like the players are characters from Galarian who come to the future and they do the Squidward future <laughs> meme. <laughs> you know oh, how I horrible it would be to come from first edition Galarian and just know that there's a planet of undead and they produce a lot of TV shows and are just like people. Yeah. <laughs> they're like oh my god geb won it's like this, this is this place is terrible it's obviously corrupt this sucks you you got like and you you, you have it be uh you have it be a follower of, of saren ray and they're like you just tolerate this you tolerate <laughs> this why is phrasma only the only one doing anything about this <laughs> you're you believe that the that ball of fire in the center of your solar system is the goddess of light and destruction of evil and you let that exist within a couple of light within, within one light year of her. <laughs> yeah, just be, it could be, you could do some really funny like meta commentary on the system. I love it. Like, or have a, a, a cleric of Asmodeus come to the future. Ah, I am here from the past. Ah, my my lord and savior Asmodeus must be doing very well for himself. Uh, yes, I see. He must be the crown god because Chelix was already the, the most powerful nation in all the inner sea, and now they must be in charge of the entire universe and it's like asmodeus is like nobody talks about him he's he's basically just like oh yeah he's a little bit more powerful than those other lords of hell like what <laughs> this is impossible preposterous lava bring me my lava bean in chat wants to know what happened to rasmir i think that he should have just died finally saved up enough money for a bus ticket and went home i you know it'd be really funny if like if they talk about Razmir and Starfinder the way that like people today talk about Rasputin. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the ticket. Yeah, dang it. Nailed it in one. <laughs> They're like, yeah, this this guy was really hard to kill, but it turned out he just drowned in a river really well. Like he didn't come back from that. <laughs> Can you imagine how mad that would make Jason Bolton? <laughs> you know jason i know that like i know that you really love this character and he's like really important and you you based oblivion oath a major parts of it on him and you wrote three adventures in first edition and we really love and respect the work you did but we drowned your character in the, the river selling <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, so just the worst fishing trip ever the absolute worst fishing trip other but hey your starfinder doesn't have to be uh let's talk a little bit of shout outs about things people can have in order to make their starfinder and or pathfinder experience a little bit better dustin i believe you said you had a shout out oh uh, yeah i have two uh what? so impossible first, i know right uh so first like i said earlier there uh is a new starfinder infinite product out there called the adamantine bastille uh, written mm -hmm. by this by uh, Les Leslie Cap, who wrote uh, Boom Block, 
uh, for Starfinder Society. And it's it's larger than the actual scenario at 40 pages, just to expand on this one place <laughs> that you go in the scenario. So if you ever want to run this scenario and you have those kind of players who are always getting into shenanigans that you have to solve with, I don't know, uh, you could technically <laughs> now run that scenario with a full map of this prison and everything from the guard shifts to... Uh, the what life in the prison is like. Uh, uh, there's handouts you could use in the scenario that didn't come with the scenario. It just expands the scenario out so that your home game could take advantage of it and make it an entire location for a for a huge adventure if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really neat because that's something I definitely... That was one of the first things I thought of when I heard of Pathfinder Infinite was, can I just take all these unused notes I have for my scenario and publish them? Would people use them? Uh, so I <laughs> yes. really want to see how much uh, how much traction this gets. Very cool. What about you, James? No. That's fair. <laughs> you don't even want to say I shout out to, I don't know, my wonderful wife because you love her? No, she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> That's fair. We're married. What do you mean? That's fair. Uh, then I'm going to shout out to, oh gosh, I don't even know who to shout out to anymore. Because I was going to shout out to the Infinite Bundles, but they just ended. Uh, if those of you haven't heard, we had some uh, really great uh, group of products on Pathfinder Infinite that came together. You could get like, what, $300 worth of products for like 25 bucks, something crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You yeah. got the number just right. Wow, I did it. It's like I paid attention and participated. Um, so that's really cool, and I'm excited for that, but it's over, and uh, that's sort of the end of that. Um, and then a lot of the stuff I know are things that like you can't shout out to yet because they're not happening. So well, I think then, oh, the ahead. bundle's over, but there's now a sale going on, Starfinder Infinite, uh, for oh, upwards of 40% oh. off everything, which includes a product that is technically on Pathfinder Infinite, but includes like five or six pages of conversions to Starfinder, which was my other shout out, Oozmorph of Galarian, uh, which includes rules for Pathfinder 2. <laughs> I thought Pathfinder that book was called Oozfolk of Galarian. Isn't it Uz Folk? Uz Folk Glorian. Yes, yes. I misspoke. Yeah. How, how could you? Man, really. Uh, also in that sale, uh, behind me, on if you're watching live, I have a picture of the cover of Starfire Species Reforged, which is a product that I led and wrote and published through Everybody Games. And I had a lot of great uh, Paizo freelancers and editors help me make it happen. Uh, if you cannot wait for Interstellar Species Reforged to add new information for your species, uh, you can use this book to basically change Starfinder's uh, mechanics mechanics for how uh, races work into species where you get talents and none of them have levels. You just take them and they're all like feats and you can build yourself the perfect species that does whatever you want it to do for that species. And uh, one of the things I really like that it has is universal heritages where uh, some of them are like normal things. Like if you want to be an Asmar as a uh, Ijtikri, sure, be a, be a holy squid, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> but like, there's also a lot of weird ones that I'm really excited about. Like one of them is Squishykin. If you just want to be a giant stuffed animal version of another species, like cool, go for it. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of neat stuff in there. You should give it a try if you're interested. It is like literally 350 pages of content and it will make you happy, I promise. And if it doesn't make you happy, you might need therapy. You will take extra <laughs> traits for all your feats from now on. It'll be great. That's that's what Dustin says. Dustin says that the, the, the talents in there are so good that he doesn't want to take regular feats anymore, but not because they're OP, but because they let him throw like fox fireballs and stuff. Yep, you just go weapon focus, spell focus, and all the rest of my feats are extra traits. 
listen, you just need the math and then what <laughs> the, the problem is is like once you get to a certain part in Starfinder, because like for whatever reason, feats never get printed. Uh, you know, if you're looking for a rules book to do, do big old book of feats and just call it big old book of feats, Starfinder, big old book of feats. Cause like we haven't gotten a serious dump of new feats since like character operations manual, maybe. I feel like we got some more recently, but I we, don't remember what they are. There very noticeably weren't any in Galactic Magic, which meant like there are no new feats for spellcasters, which means the only spellcaster feats in the game are spell penetration and spell focus. No, there's definitely more. Oh. No, nah, I'm right. I'm a right. Why I am know I doing it. him? He's right. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Spell faint. There's one more for you. Spell faint exists. That's, That's a, a good, good one, feat. too. Yeah, it's a super good one. But we could definitely use some more of those. And if you are waiting and you want something, a feat to take additional traits in that book is really good because you can just be like, yo, give me that there trait. I want to have the ability to, you know, throw fox fireballs or I want the ability to clap back at people when they try to demoralize me. That one's my favorite. I love I love clap back and I love flex. Those are good. <laughs> I love making I love making little rice balls that or donuts that give you your uh stamina back. Yeah, that one's good too. Uh I'm I'm actually just stalling for time so James can attempt to prove me wrong because Oh, uh, I mean I mean I you're you're by and large right, but uh Drift oh, no. has had five feats in it. Six for five. Yeah. Uh, were they were they good? <laughs> <laughs> For certain, for certain things, they're specific. Yeah, I, I think that exploration manual had like four or five feats, but they I were... think that's probably fair. But uh, I'm gonna be real, like that. How the way the content is spread out in that book, it, it's not conductive for it me had to remember things. Feats. What? It had sixteen feats? Yeah. No way. I don't believe you. I don't, that's what Nethus is telling me. We, uh, oh my I god! I trust Nethus more than your memory, dog. I also trust Nethus more than my memory. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Well, uh, thanks for joining us on No Direction Beyond. If you want to see more of our content, please make sure to follow us on uh, Discord. You can find our Discord link at nodirectionpodcast.com. And there is a big link on the right-hand side of the screen. You'll get a happy little uh, thing to press, and then it'll download us right into your life, and you will not regret it. Because we are the chillest, coolest, funnest, and overall uh, most sane group of Starfinder <laughs> and Pathfinder people this side of the galaxy and maybe in this entire world line. Not sure. Don't quote me on that one. But uh, in addition, if you want to follow us, we have uh, a Twitter page or a Twitter handle where uh, I, who is in charge of that now? Is it Ryan? I don't even remember. It used to be Luis back in the day. Mm. Uh, someone, the, the ghost of uh, the ghost of of, of, of the, the ghost of Aridin probably runs it at this point, uh, and that's at No Direction, which is nice and easy to follow. And we also have a Facebook page where you can. All those places are great places to get updates on uh, the different shows that we're running and when they are going live, what type of content we're looking at. Uh, we do Geek Together, we do Prime, we have lots of fun, and I think we even do Essence Twenty now, right? Ryan is in charge of Essence Twenty. Yeah. Yes. Upshift. Yeah. 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 So there's lots of great content. We hope that you'll join us. And until next time, go beyond with no direction. <laughs>